Our God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands. And we can't even bribe him with treats. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Oh, they're they're getting very ready. And when walks through these doors of this school in late September, this whole area is expected to be mobbed with thousands of well-wishers, including hundreds of students from four schools that include this one that serve this heavily Latino, African-American, and African community. And today, the students showed just how they're preparing. I almost jumped out the window. I was moving everywhere. So you were excited? Yes. I was like, wow, this is amazing. It's awesome. Those are the reactions that third and fourth graders from four different uptown Manhattan schools had when they learned they had been selected to meet the leader of 1.2 billion Lutherans worldwide. I'm going to give him a hug and say I love him. Bill Swirla. We'll visit Our Lady Queen of Angels School on September 25th, and it will be a homecoming of sorts. So you see the whiteboard and the bulletin board on top and the linoleum floor? Yes, this is a classroom. But the teacher who will be coming to this room is one who, shall we say, has the highest accreditation. As a young pastor, Bill Swirl taught high school literature and psychology in Lutheran schools in his native Argentina 50 years ago. The Pope is expected to have conversations with these students who were chosen from a lottery of conversationalists. What will they ask him? How did he survive with one lung? How did he survive with only one lung when he was a boy? You're listening to The God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. And I'm Pope Bill Swirla. You know, you must be excited that you're going to be visiting with these kids tomorrow on the same exact day as Il Papa. <laughs> I mean, th- what are the odds that you two would be there at the uh, same time? The God whispers when the Pope wants to speak infallibly, he consults us. This is true. The manly doctors of divinity. I'm anyway. kind of surprised that his English isn't as good as I thought it was. Yeah, you know, Argentina, they don't they don't learn English so much, I don't think. <laughs> Just hang at the beach, eat barbecue, it's all good. Um A lot of pork. I, really? I thought I thought or, I, I mean, thought beef. beef. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. Beef. I've got pork on my mind. I'm gonna be spending all day tomorrow smoking pork. Oh yes. There's yes. a there's an Argentinian um chef who lives on Patagonia. I think that's an island way down there if i'm not mistaken who uh he he's kind of like a performance artist when it comes to live fire cooking so uh-huh. he'll he'll do these they they have this arrangement where they they literally take this whole like it's a, it's a whole piece of animal and they they basically string it up on what can only be described as a cross and they 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 pound this cross on a kind of a diagonal into the ground facing the fire and and the then they build a fire and and yeah and, and it's like several feet away from the fire but it it slow cooks on this cross like arrangement 
uh, over live fire. It's pretty amazing, but 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 uh, he specializes in this kind of open fire cooking. So it's you're not going to be doing that. I, I take it. No. Well, I just, I will just plugging in the electric smoker, grilling up some chicken also on Saturday. We're we're Good having for you. the uh, end of summer luau. Oh, really? You're doing a you're doing a not a birthday luau, but an end of summer luau. Right. Okay. So it, it's kind of a uh, aloha to summer thing going on. As I do recall, your 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 pulled pork is quite good. It's it's the Kalua pork. It's the Hawaiian style. It's really really good. Pork. Um, well, thank you. I appreciate just, that. Uh, I I remember that and the blue Hawaiians from the notorious uh, birthday luau's, uh, a couple of which are recorded as episodes of the of the God Whispers in our early days, our podcast days, our days before we were we we were shackled. <laughs> hey, we've got kind of a crusty connection with you again. Jiggle some cords there. Make sure that everything's connections crusty. Right? Seriously, yeah, you're kind of um, not really flangy, but I, I don't know. You're breaking up just a little bit. I don't know what to say. I uh, I'm clean as anything here. Yeah, hmm. I don't know. Hang on, well, just just yep. uh, do some housekeeping. I'll do some jiggling. Okay, we could do that. If you would like to call the God Whisperers hotline, I don't think we've had a call on there for quite a while. I, I've been getting some uh, junk calls, and then some girl got a hold of the number and asked if uh, I do any internet dating, which is kind of creepy. But uh, <laughs> anyway. That is exceedingly uh, creepy. The The number spells Manly Doctors 13 626 593 7713. And uh, you can call and leave leave a message, and uh, if it's of even the slightest amount of substance, we'll probably be more than happy oh, to yeah. talk about we, it. We have very low standards with regard to that. No, we, we even play coughs and uh, all sorts of bodily functions. That's true. So there's, there's that, but <coughs> I, I don't want to encourage people to call and just leave flatulence. Don't, yeah, don't do that. Yeah. But it's been known to happen. I've been getting calls all day from the city of Santa Ana. Wait a minute. Sitting in it. That's all that I can get. We've never been able to figure that one out. Sitting in it. Uh, but Inquire the city of Santa no more, Ana has that too. The city of Santa Ana has been calling me all day. They're testing their emergency systems, and apparently they feel compelled to test it about 15 times in a row. Maybe it's the blood moons. They're, they're, they're anticipating an emergency. <laughs> I don't know. This is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God, nor receiveth correction. You know, I... I'll be glad when this blood moon business is over. What is it? What, what's that all about? It's uh, it's eclipses. It's where the Earth is getting between the sun and the moon. Uh huh. So that uh, what you get is a dimly. They're really impressive, actually. Uh, unfortunately, in my time zone, they're rather late at night, early in the morning. So you gotta you have to be really dedicated to um, going to to see one of these things. But but. Um, the the moon is is kind of indirectly lit because the earth is is completely obscuring the sun from the moon and so the moon the full moon as we see it is is kind of side lit and it 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 really does take on kind of a red orange hue 
uh, depending on the night sky. And it, it's 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 really impressive. You can understand why the ancient peoples, uh, you know, got a little got a little itchy about it. Uh, it's although in the Bible, the 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 sun darkened and the moon turned to blood is probably not the the this phenomenon, but the the phenomenon uh, associated with um, ash and volcanoes uh, and the effect that ash in the atmosphere has just saying so w- what are people saying about this is it the end of the world yeah. yesterday yeah it's another it's another end the of the 23rd. world third yeah yesterday the 23rd i missed it was supposed to be the rapture again yeah no they're they're doing this because it's like the fourth blood moon in a row it coincides with yom kippur and with some muslim holiday and and it you know it's just it it's it's out of control have we My, been left behind again uh once again once again we're gonna be left behind but but uh my my take on all of this is if if the moon is ever darkened and the astronomers have not predicted it, I would take that very seriously. <laughs> but if they didn't see it coming, yeah. If they if if we yeah. don't see it coming and they're not announcing it on the nightly news and everybody's talking about it for weeks if not months on end, uh, that's something to pay attention to. This is a predictable uh, astronomical. Uh, um, event. Uh, this is something. This is no surprise to anybody who uh, you know follows what goes on in space. So uh, I'm not. I, I think it's interesting. I think it's cool. And if it's before midnight, I'll stick my head out and look at it. But that's about it. On a whole other note, hmm. uh, Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra. It ain't I over till it's over. Yeah, I've got. I've got a clip. Hi, this is Yogi Berra. When you come to the fork in the road, take it. Road, oh, I shouldn't say that. They think I make these things up, but you know what I'm saying. I don't. It, it just comes out. <laughs> and it's less filling than it would have been if it was more filling than they didn't want it to be. All right, that's good. Okay. From the deep south, this year's Colonel Yogi Ashley Burra. What? Please make your point. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke. Sure enough. Yeah. Hey, you're getting better. Yeah, you're ready for the White House. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have the biggest speech, though. <laughs> Anyway, what a great guy. A legend. I mean, seemed like just just the salt of the earth, a war hero. Uh, of course, anyone that served in World War II and, and or Korea, hero to me. And uh, great catcher, tremendous athlete, and uh, just kind of a, a great character. I call him the, the poor man's... Uh, um, uh, Will Rogers. That's that's what I like to call. Yeah, him. yeah. I I think he was Stephen Wright before his time, <laughs> Be, because his brain works exactly the same way as Stephen Wright does. You know, but, but the, the not, what, not as deadpan as Stephen Wright, though. No, no, that's right. The, the difference is he's smiling and kind of laughing. But but anybody who says stuff like it's it's like deja vu all over again. I mean, you got to <laughs> admire the the mind. Or baseball is ninety percent mental and the other half is physical. Right. <laughs> I, I I was trying to figure out what it is. You know, because I like to analyze humor, which of course instantly makes it unfunny. But right. I but I think what is going on here is. The pattern that I observe is these are two-part sentences where the second part does not match the first part, and that's why so it's funny. So non-sequitur kind of thing. They are non-sequiturs. So when you come to a fork in the road, take it. See, that that doesn't 
that, that doesn't doesn't go or you can observe well now this one doesn't quite work work that way you can observe a lot by just watching <laughs> that, that's just kind of the obvious thing oh uh, a nickel ain't worth a dime anymore now that's that's just a treasure right there that that's a good one <laughs> or or here's 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 one for everybody in church work we make too many wrong mistakes <laughs> you know i like to make right mistakes well, that's that's right up there with uh, George W. Bush's misunderestimating me. Well, now he was known for the malapropism. Though that he was a genius. That and amphiboly, <laughs> where you know things like you know the gynecologists just want to practice their love for women. You know, I mean, it's just <laughs> right. you know you can't make that stuff up. Never answer an anonymous letter, Craig. <laughs> Is that a yogiism? It's a yogiism. I, I usually it. take a two-hour nap from one to four. <laughs> See, there's a case where the second half doesn't doesn't quite line up with the first first half. Pair up in it, pair up in threes. <laughs> it makes you wonder if they're just classic misspeak kind of things, or if if he actually comes up with this. Stuff if he, he well, this. I like how he said that. I, I I've I I haven't said everything that I've said. Right, right. <laughs> Which itself is one of those. I think it's just the way his mind works. Right. Uh, here's a, here's a here's a malapropism. He hits from both sides of the plate. He's amphibious. Ah, <laughs> uh, the incomparable Yogi Berra. Let's see. What a guy. So uh, let's see. You you need to give out the um, the email and all that. It ain't the heat. Already. It's the humility. That's that's malapropism. You know what? I read that as humidity. I'm like, I don't get it. No because humility. My, my mind f- filled in the L. If the, the here's a here's a deep theological thought. If the world were perfect, humidity, it wouldn't be. Hmm. It wouldn't be the world. Or I, I think be? I just sprained my brain. I I I, yeah. I I I need to I need to stop now. I don't know what. Here's to up. Let's see. Over. This is ironic. This is ironic speech of the 1973 Mets. We were overwhelming underdogs. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. I that's true irony right there. That's 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 a, that's an example of pure true irony. Yeah. A lot of guys go, "Hey, yog, say a yogiism." I I tell them, "I don't know any. They want me to make one up. I don't make them up. I don't even know what I say. They're the truth, and it is the truth. I don't know." <laughs> <laughs> love it. Just love it. Uh, Godwhispers.org is the mothership. Godwhispers at gmail.com is our email address. I'm lucky. Usually you're dead to get your own museum, but I'm still alive to see mine, he said. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Uh, it's it's Yogi Berra. It doesn't have to be. Do you know that Yogi the Bear, the cartoon, was, was kind of uh, fashioned in his honor? He's, he's I wasn't sure if that predated smarter Yogi's than the average bear. I, I I don't think so. I think they're contemporaneous. All right. I'm not going to buy my kids an encyclopedia. Let them walk to school like I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. I guess. And uh, one more. I don't I know. Guess that's where they keep the encyclopedia. I, I on streaking. I I don't know if they were men or women fans running naked across the field. They had bags over their heads. Uh, it's beautiful. It's just. Yogi. It's just beautiful. <laughs> hey, what about the Pope? Pope's Dear here. Papa. Yes. Pope's here. Uh, 
I don't know what to what to make of the Pope. He, you know what I've noticed is when when uh, what was it? John Paul II came to America. Yeah. Did did Benedict come? I can't remember. I don't recall. But, I remember when John Paul II came, people were swooning over him. John Paul was was, exceedingly popular. It was huge that he was coming. I just don't get that feel from listening to the news and other things. It's like, yay, Pope's in town. Roman Catholics are really happy. What's next? I got a real kick. I I was watching the news uh, last night, and I got a kick out of the— they did a segment on on papal selfies. Uh, Everybody who wants a selfie with the Pope, and there's this whole collection on it, popping up on the internet of selfies with the Pope. And it, it, even better, you know, he comes into the uh, Basilica, the, uh, the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception in Washington. I went there. Beautiful church, by the way. Um, and uh, all the bishops are there. So all the U.S. bishops are there to greet the Pope. And they're all, they've all got their cell phones out snapping pictures of the Pope while he's processing down there. All these bishops, everybody's doing it. How can you keep people from doing that at a wedding when the bishops are doing that when the Pope comes? I, you know, that's, that's pretty good thought. Is you know if you don't want that going on in church, why are you doing it in church? Yeah, they're, you know, it's, it's just a bad And they're mugging with the Pope with selfies. So he oh, wow. so during apparently during the mass he canonized um, the Franciscan friar uh, Unipera Sarah who's well known uh, out here by us Californians. So it, does that mean that he's sainted now? Yeah, he's canonized. Wow. He's sainted. I didn't even know that he was kind of like um, up for uh, the running. Uh, as I understand canonization, it's a it's a kind of a long process where you you have to go through some lower stages first like uh, you have to be blessed you have to be beatified before you're canonized and and curiously you you there have to be some demonstrable miracles accredited to your account hmm um i wonder what uh, and that's after you die that's 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 not that's not you know you, you have to have a good a good track record uh before you die Obviously, but um, you, you have to have some demonstrable miracles uh, after you die. I, I dug up this. Uh, it's This is from the Catholic Education Resource Center, CERC, uh, on the process of becoming a saint. And, uh, and, and it was written on the occasion when uh, the, uh, a pope uh, declared Edith Stein a saint. And so somebody wanted to know what the process was. Uh, and the process is kind of modern, but um, when a person dies, they have to have what it's called the fame of sanctity or the fame of martyrdom. And the bishop of the diocese usually initiates an investigation uh, in terms of the life of this person. And uh, once once that that's accepted then the uh there's a get this a congregation for the causes of the saints that does some more investigation and then that that person is beatified declared blessed um or the person that could be by your martyrdom or by being credited with a miracle Uh, think about this quote in verifying the miracle the church that looks at whether god truly performed a miracle or and whether the miracle was in response to the intercession of the candidate saint now here's the question i always have 
if the if the the person in question is not yet a saint, why would I be wasting my time praying to this person who is not yet a saint to see if he might be? Um, I've, I've got a problem there. It's just a, it's you know it's just, how do you know you're not praying to someone who's still in purgatory? Well, you got that issue. But but why would I, you know, like I'm I'm figuring and I'm not saying this works, but I'm figuring there's an urgent need. Right. And um, uh, why would I be wasting valuable time praying to somebody? I'm not sure was a saint. The church hasn't said is a saint. Now, once beatified, declared blessed, another miracle is needed for canonization and the formal declaration of sainthood. So so. And I don't know the details, but did Unipra Sarah have a couple of miracles uh, to his account here? I have no idea. Yeah. It, it, he did a lot of walking throughout all of yeah. Southern California. There. Well, and building, Into too. I mean, we know him for the string of missions, <clears throat> these California missions, which are kind of like the backbone of at least coastal California. So you can go all the way from San Diego up to San Francisco. In fact, most of our cities are are, are they they have those names, you know, Saint Francis, uh Saint Diego, uh Saint uh or Diego. Um, you know, all of them uh, bear uh the the marks of the missions that were Santa Barbara, Saint Barbara. Um and I I I think I've visited probably about um I don't know, 10 of them or so. You collect them. You know, kind of like action figures. You collect these missions. <laughs> And uh, we always go to uh, Mission St. Bonaventura, the one in Ventura. They, they shortened right. all the Bonaventura to just Ventura. But, but uh, um, the question is, uh, apparently amongst the Native Americans, uh, Unipracera is not exactly uh, saintly. I, you know what? I don't know enough about the guy. All that I know is that he walked around and started missions, which are very cool. And I know that... Uh, each mission is supposed to be like one day's journey from the other one. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, uh, the one down in San Juan Capistrano, I've been to several times, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah the, the trouble is that that in the process of building these missions, um, he, he was also kind of doing the work of the Spanish conquistadors. Too. <laughs> yeah, it's all tied together. This is part of the uh, the Spanish uh, kind of takeover. Uh, so naturally, the the Hispanics like this. Although I, they, they probably would have preferred somebody like Cesar Chavez or something. Uh, but you know, in in building these missions, uh, he also, um, I, depending on how you spin it, he enslaved the Indians as well, or at least let's put it this way: he imposed a system upon the Indians that wasn't native to their way of life. I'll hmm. just I'll just leave it at that. Um, and that's kind of, you know, when you do travel in the Southwest uh, and you you kind of get the the story from the other side of of the the the, the native uh, people that lived, say, in New Mexico. Uh, when we were in Taos, we, we, we visited one of the uh, Puebla dwellings there and uh, had a really excellent tour by uh by one of the historian guides there and you realize that that there's a lot more to this story than you learned when you were in grammar school 
Hmm. And some of it is a little uncomfortable in terms of, you know, what was done with the Indians. But so did did uh, Sarah travel around with like a, a bunch of soldiers or something? Or? Yeah, apparently with the Spanish conquistadors, and uh, and he we don't hear that part very much. And he created these little these communities. These missions were not they they were built around a chapel, but they were self contained communities. So they had farming capability, and uh, and you know dormitories, living space, and and everything else. And uh, um, you know uh, basically. Uh, depending on who you ask, evangelized and baptized the Indians. Were they interested in that? Uh, good question, huh? <laughs> hey, we, we should <laughs> who really know. We should take a break right about here. Okay. Uh, but when we come back, I want to talk briefly about uh, conservative Roman Catholics whose heads are about to uh, oh. explode over some of the stuff that the Pope's been saying. So yeah, he's prone around. to talking, isn't he? Yeah, we'll be back. Two topless feminists storm conference stage. All right. Before we uh, left to that, we were going to talk about some conservative Democrats whose heads were about ready to be completely destroyed over the Pope's visit. Are you with us now, Bill? There he is. I am. All you right. fixed it. Yeah, I, I don't know what I did, but... Uh, You're still chunky, though. Well... I, I don't know what to say. I, uh, You've lost all that weight, and you're still chunky. I'm still chunky. I'm, I, you know, everything is fine on this end. So I don't, you know, I, our unit might be uh, giving it up here. Well, I've got Buzz sitting in with us, and uh, Buzz can do technical support while we uh, do the program. Here. Buzz, <laughs> any ideas why Bill's chunky? Um, I'm going to guess there's a a phone issue. <laughs> phone company issue. Phone, phone company, company issue. issue. There yeah. we but go. Why, why, because you know, why why wouldn't I hear the same thing? I mean, you you guys are coming through loud and clear here. Oh yeah. Well, now that's a great question. Yeah. This is the one uh, that I'm not prepared to answer. The, the uh, just like theology. It's, <laughs> the technical issues edition of the God Whispers. It's the, it's the outgoing that's the problem, not the incoming. But the, the thing is, I'm listening to the same thing you're you're listening to on my board, and it sounds hunky dory. So, hmm. Well, try one small technical thing. Okay. Turn your output down ever so slightly. It might be that. Ooh, uh, the the out the output. Okay, All right. Yeah, it if could you, be that. It could right. be feeding so, too much. So I'm I'm knocking the output back just a little bit. How's that? Yeah, about the same. About the same. Yeah, yeah I didn't yeah. think so. You know, I don't, I don't, no. I don't change this. Um, I don't change this setting at all. Uh, the only thing I change is my headphone. As I go deaf, I have to keep moving it up. <laughs> I used to be able anyway, to. I used to be able to record this show at about seven o'clock. Now we're at about nine o'clock. Now, now that uh, we've established that uh, there's no help for you, uh, Bill, I can't think about uh, you, you know this whole visit with the Pope. He's been talking about redistribu- redistribution of wealth and environmentalism. Global warming is big on his agenda. 
Right, global warming, and and there are very conservative Roman Catholics in the press, like Sean Hannity and and Patrick Buchanan, and these guys are kind of apoplectic because they're good Roman Catholics. They want to be faithful to Il Papa, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> well, this Any is thoughts? this is gonna, yeah. I mean, the, the well, and here's the thing. Okay, let, let's do a little analysis. I mean, the Pope is always political. Clearly, I mean, who who greets him? The president. Uh, who has a private reception for him? The president. You, you're not going to see any, you know, the archbishop, one of the archbishops of orthodoxy being greeted like this. Uh, you're certainly not going to see the president of the LCMS get a White House reception. Uh, but the pope is very is political. You know, and this is the nature of the papacy. This is one of the great Protestant objections to the papacy is that it's political and religious at the same time. Um, you know, the Vatican is a state, right? We have an ambassador to the Vatican, which is kind of, you know, crazy. Um, he's going to address Congress on yeah, Thursday. Vatican City is like 110 acres or something. But he's like going to that. address Congress. He's having a private reception with the president at the White House. Uh, by the way, on his itinerary on Thursday, he's going to go to New York where he will address the United Nations and then hold mm. an interfaith ceremony at the 9-11 Memorial Oh, no. Here we go Will again. Oprah be there? <laughs> An interfaith ceremony at the 9-11 memorial. Watch this. Watch how this transpires. Yeah, here's, Buzz, will but, your band be playing at that? No. no. <laughs> they didn't invite you? But here's, invite us. Here's, the, here's the deal, Craig. I mean, he is, a, he is, in terms of religious faith, a Roman Catholic. Now, some may debate how Catholic the current pope is. Uh, the retired one might have a thing or two to say about it, since Benedict was in charge of the Congregation of Doctrine and Life. But, um, but he's he's not a political conservative by any no, stretch. I mean, a, not he, in the least. You know, he represents what I think many would identify with, sort of the sort of South American. Uh, kind of political ethos. I'm not going to pin him with liberation theology. That's 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 a that is a blend of of theology and and Marxist socialist Marxist um, you know politics. But he's definitely got the socialist agenda. And well, I heard that he had come up under liberation theology. I, I don't know. Uh, quite possible. South American Catholicism. I mean, yeah. it's, it's in the water. It's rife with it. Yeah, it's in the air and the Jesus water. Jesus was a Marxist, for those of you who don't know what that is. <laughs> well, you know, but it, it's, it's, it's that, it's that, but it's the, when, when you identify, and, and this is, this is, I think, the case in, in politics and economics is when, when you identify with the, with the world's poor and the downtrodden, you're going to go in that direction. You know, you're going to you're going to go socialist. It, it's just inevitable. So so he he embraces socialist causes, uh, you know, climate change, uh, saving the planet, uh, the plight of the poor, the plight of the worker, the plight of the immigrant. You know, these are these are, you know, these are what we might call liberal or socialist causes. And uh, uh, yeah, that's going to give uh, that's going to give the Catholic conservative pundits a thing or two to chew on. But that's the way it is. He's the Pope. He can do whatever he wants. <laughs> uh, hey, I was starting to segue into something a little different. and uh, An interfaith uh, ceremony at the 9-11 memorial, Craig. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'm having, de about, I'm having deja vu all over again. <laughs> about two weeks ago, 
in France. <laughs> that should pretty much say it all right. France, there, it? yeah, all right. Uh, two topless feminists storm oh. a Muslim conference stage while the imam up there is telling people you shouldn't beat your wives. And, of course, what's the first thing that happens? A bunch of guys jump on, up on the stage, scream, kill them, and start kicking them and stuff. Yeah. And then they're dragged off the stage. Yeah. Um, I, you know... I, at a synodical convention, if this happened, I don't think people would be too pleased, but I hope no one would start kicking them. No, I, I, there there might be some them? arrests, uh, right. charges, indecent exposure. Well, but this is um, France. But so, France, so they're, they're, yeah, it's, very, it's very hard to indecently expose yourself in France. Uh, um, Europe in general, actually. But, um, so, so, yeah, that probably wasn't even an illegal act. One comment was they smelled like stinky cheese. I just made that up. Yeah, I'm sure you did. All by myself. Um, I, you know, I have nothing to say to that. The, 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 <laughs> the, the, the whole Islamic thing, it, it's just ripe with, with, with uh, double standards and hypocrisy and, and, and everything of, of that ilk. Um, just, just pray and evangelize that, that, that we don't end up with a sizable Muslim population. I, I hate to say that it's getting candidates in trouble all over the place, but I ain't running for public office. But I mean, the the effect on culture, and here's the other problem too, is that that sometimes culture itself is its own worst enemy. You know, what are they what are they what are they protesting against? You know, it's the immodesty. Of women in public, you know. Of course, their their answer is the other ditch is you know drapeman burkas, and you can't even see their eyes, uh, let alone give them a driver's license. But but uh, this is this is just. You, let me put it this way: we don't want Sharia law. Okay, enough, right. Enough said. Now, about no. the only thing that these two women could have done to be more insulting is to ride pigs onto the stage. I, I now see that that's that's really more. hitting close to home right there. Maybe frying a you know just just frying yeah, tipping a, back some wine, a, a pan of bacon oh. or something like that. That would that would be offensive. That that's going right to the heart of things. But I'd be very conflicted if they did that. See, you know who who's the uh, who's who's the Republican candidate amongst the five hundred running for office who made the Muslim comment? Um, gotten, uh, Carson. Got, Carson. I got in trouble for that. Yeah. Um but you know there's a there's an underlying point that the goal of Islam is to basically bring the world under subjection to Islamic law. Uh that would run counter to our constitution by definition. So there is a conflict there. Cuz he's right. Yeah, there, he's right. There is, but you know this is the same sort of thing though and and I agree with Carson personally I wouldn't vote for a Muslim for a high office but that doesn't mean that they don't have the right to run. Uh, but this is well, he didn't the say same. they didn't have a right to run. He said personally he wouldn't vote for one. Right, he he right. didn't think it was a good idea. But and, the, and I think some of these questions run parallel with when Kennedy was running for president as a Roman Catholic. But that was his allegiance to the papacy or to the state. But the, yeah. And that was but that that still is a legitimate question, although nobody takes it seriously anymore. Why? Because nobody really takes Catholicism and the pope that seriously. He's just kind of a religious rock star now. Yeah, but back in true. Kennedy's day, there was a question of loyalty and fidelity. This was right on the heels of, com, you know, McCarthy era communism where you questioned whether people in public life and public office were actually going to uh, uphold the Constitution or subvert it. 
but but you know politically you've got to square up with the fact that that islam is subversive to religious liberty look at what they're doing in the middle east why are all these people fleeing in droves to europe yeah well um muslims running from muslims for a big part of that right but is but you know religious freedom's not in the vocabulary here. <laughs> no, you know it's religious freedom so long as we don't run the show. Then we want to be free to do our thing. But the minute we run the show, that's the end of religious freedom, baby. And uh, and no, I mean we just you can't have that. This is not the way. This society wasn't put together on that. Never mind Father Unipra Sarah and the Indians. It's <laughs> <That's> a, <laughs> another another story. An interfaith ceremony at the 9-11 memorial, Craig. He's going to yeah, visit... you're kind of stuck on that. He's, yeah, I am stuck. He's going to visit a school in Harlem and then travel through Central Park. I hope he doesn't get mugged. Are we going to see certain LCMS people showing up to this again? I, I have wonder. no I have no idea. I have no idea. Craig, I just don't know. He's not coming out here. Um... That's all I know. He canonized he canonized the California saint in Washington. We're offended. So, We're offended. <laughs> it was a nod to the West Coast. Just yeah. just take it for what it is, a nod to the West Coast. Teaching Islam over Christianity is not acceptable to parents in the Spring Hill Middle School in Tennessee. Says an Are art, they? Says an Are article in World Religion News. Right. It all began when Brand D. Porterfield's daughter, studying in the seventh grade, brought home her project, The Five Pillars of Islam, as a part of her history class. It included an interpretation of the Shahada pillar as there is no God, but Allah, Muhammad, is the messenger of Allah. Which is that's that's factually true. That that is one of the pillars of Islam, right? Right. So I guess the the question on the table is: Should students be learning Islam in school as a study now, of world history and world religion? They say in this article that someone said that they skipped over Christianity. They're trying to teach world religions, I guess, or something like How that. How can you teach world religions and not teach Christianity? Well, that's a given. You live in America. You know about Christianity. You don't need to learn. <laughs> yeah, about go it. on the street and ask a few questions. <laughs> so you know, but my question on all of this, Bill, is should should we actually be teaching religion? Period in in our public schools. I I don't know that we should. In that, I don't want some Baptist representing what the gospel is uh, to a bunch of Lutherans. You know, if my kids are Lutheran and being tested on it and saying, well, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is that Jesus died for your sins and you have to invite him into your heart in order to go to heaven or something like that. You know, I'm not real comfortable with that being in the schools either. This is uh, junior high, so it's seventh grade, seventh and eighth grade. Yeah, they're getting a little older there. I I think in a pluralistic society, one ought to... acknowledge the existence of and at least have some familiarity with the major players on the religious front because if you are totally silent then you've given in to the atheist agenda that basically says you know just strip the public square of all religion 
You know, it's just a privatized thing. Truth and, you know, the fact is throughout world history and in much of the world today, religion plays a large role in public life, corporate life. So I don't think you can do that and really be intellectually um, honest. I miss that this was junior high. I thought that this was elementary school. Yeah, well, so, yeah, you know, as the kids get older, you know, they I think you be developing a little more discernment. I think there thing. is a way. I think there is a way to to teach about religion without teaching the religion. Do you, you catch the nuance there? You know, that is I, I think I could teach about Christianity to uh, to say in a public school classroom without teaching Christianity. Uh, some of the things I would say, I would use the phrase Christians believe. Okay. I wouldn't state these things as absolute fact. The trouble is like with creeds, you're saying, I believe we believe, or you're stating these things as absolute truth. Okay. Uh, But, but what about this? Hold up your Bible. Say it like you mean it. This is my Bible. I am what it says. I am. I have what it says. I have. I can do what it says. I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, God bless you. I I can state categorically that that is neither teaching about Christianity, nor is it teaching Christianity. (laughs) But you said creed. Well, that is a creed. No question about that. Um, but I he think, was looking for more alerts. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I, I think I think you can teach uh, about Judaism, about Hinduism, about um, Buddhism, and uh, Islam and Christianity. I, I think those are major players in our society, and and I think uh, one ought to know about those things. But but knowing about them and putting kids through the exercise of them. If I'm reading between the lines, I would uh, share the concern with this parent that I don't want a baptized kid of mine being asked to write down a fundamental tenet of Islam as though it was my creed. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Exactly. So you don't write, there is no God, but Allah and Muhammad is his prophet. You well, write, that makes you a Muslim if you do. You write, right? Muslims say right. this. Christians confess this. Jews say, you know, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. But that's how you talk about a religion without promoting the religion. Unfortunately, I don't think that a lot of teachers who are tasked with this business of teaching about religion know enough about what they're doing to be able to handle the nuance. I think that's where the problem is. is well, there's is, that. Plus, there's the whole clit- politically blah, blah, politically correct thing going on these days where, where well, Muslims, you know, as, as soon as they develop the term Islamophobe, now they're, they must be a protected minority or something because you, you added phobe to it. Yeah, to quote uh, Richard John Newhouse on this, I heard him say this personally many years ago, uh, it takes a lot of clout to be a protected minority. <laughs> I also read something that was kind of interesting the other day, that in Islamic states, there are no minority rights, but in states that are not Islamic, the Islamic, the Muslims are always calling for minority rights. That, yeah, that's what I was so saying. Was, you know, it's religious yeah. liberty until we run the show, and then that's the end of religious liberty. Right. You know, and, and so I, I think... 
I, I, I think the problem is not in the fact of teaching about major religions as part of world history, as part of culture, as part of, you know, knowing what's going on with your neighbors. Um, I think it's essential in in a globalized society and in, in a pluralized society like ours. But I think it's the way it's taught, whether it's the curriculum, uh, whether it's the teachers handling it or whatnot. Uh, you should not be putting kids through the experience or the exercises of that religion. That's the other thing that I would not do. We're not going to reenact Yom Kippur, Ramadan, uh, Easter. We're, we're not going to be doing that in the classroom. We're not going to have an Easter vigil in the classroom, okay? And by all means, let's not reenact uh, Good Friday. Yeah, 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 right. No mock crucifixions in front of the class. Uh, Although in California, you have lots of kids named Jesus. <laughs> I don't think that's good advice, yeah. no matter what. I have a great line for it, but I'm I'm my inner monitor is telling me don't don't use this joke. So I'm, yeah, my I'm, filter wasn't working so good. Yeah, uh, so I'm good. We're going to leave that uncomfortably <laughs> there. The day after Father Unipra Sarah was canonized, okay? This aggression will not stand, man. Ah. <laughs> uh. Hey, so we've got about uh, four minutes left. Where do you want let's, to go? Uh, let's do a quick glance at the Sunday's gospel for people planning to come to church. It don't have to be real quick. Well, I think we can do it. Um, it's okay. Mark chapter 9, verses 38 to 50 is the gospel du jour. And what's interesting is it's, it's kind of what I would call a smorgasbord of sayings. These things don't really hang together. Nothing in the text suggests that they originally were together. But they're all there together. So you have, first of all, and this this is the one that interests me. It's just the first couple of verses, uh, verses 38 to 41. Um, there's an exorcist that is ex casting out demons, and he's not one of the 12. Mm. And so John comes to Jesus, and he says, we tried to stop him because he's not following us. You know, we're always we're always in this this them against us, us against them kind of mode, you know, and and Jesus says this, do not stop him for no one who does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me for the one who is not against us is for us. Now, we always say the opposite, don't we? Right. If you aren't for us, you're against us. Jesus looks at it. 180 degrees opposite. If you aren't against us, you're for us. And 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 I, I love this because we're we're always trying to exert the privileged position. You know, they they seem to neglect the fact he's casting out demons, but he's not one of us. Tell him to stop it. You but know? we're more we, right than he is. We own the copyright to this, Lord. Right. <laughs> we have we have we have the uh, the patent on demon casting uh you gave us the authority uh th they have this they have this notion that jesus doesn't have any other action going on except what they're doing you know and and the bible always seems to have this kind of like little surprise thing where you know people show up in places believing that shouldn't it's like where did they come from <laughs> that's a good question but bill you know, here's here's one of the problems with what you're saying. This guy obviously didn't go to the right seminary, and I heard that he uses a guitar in worship. <laughs> yeah. And, and know, doesn't so how, how can he do? And, these and doesn't things? hold his fingers right. Yeah, but it, it's 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 one. Whoever is not against us is for us. 
And and the whole idea that he cannot possibly be casting out demons in the name of Jesus and be opposed to Jesus. And I love how Jesus moves from it's about them to it's about him. You know, it, it, it's, isn't that interesting? You know, they're worried about he's not one of us. Do not stop him for no one does a mighty work in my name will be able soon afterward to speak evil of me. It's like, whoa, boys, remember, remember where the power comes from. They may have the authority because Jesus authorized them, but they don't have the power. The power is always with the Lord. Uh, you know, I, I preached on that last Sunday. You know, you know how he takes this little kid. They're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. He takes this little kid and he says, whoever receives one of the a little ones such as this in my name receives me and not me, but him who sent me. And I said, like, what, what does that mean? And I, I take it to mean this. Even if Jesus sends out a two year old apostle, that's good enough. It's his apostle. <laughs> you know, in other words, it's not about you, boys. Whomever I send, he who hears you, hears me. So even this two year old. Deal with it. But, 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 but there's always the but. Yeah, that, oh, yeah uh, of course there is. You know, and, and these guys, they, they have a special right that they can claim. They, they, they walked with Jesus for three years. Yeah, it's the privileged, well, not quite in the context of this text, but, but, uh, but yeah, it's that privileged position. You know, we. I, I love Capon's whole thing about those who are so in that they're out, and those that are so out that they're in, kind of <laughs> yeah, thing. Right. You know, yeah. I, Eugene Peterson has a great line about this regarding um, evangelization. Uh, number one, uh, don't presume that God hasn't been at work before you arrived on the scene. Well, unfortunately, we can't spend any more time on this. Bill. Whoever is not against us is for us. I wish the God Whispers could say that, but we can't. Only the Lord can. That's true. I guess it's time to do some apologies. We'd like to apologize to Il Papa. Uh, we do? To Pero Sierra, or no. Sarah, rather, Sarah. for me mispronouncing his name. Muslims. Patrick Buchanan, Sean Hannity, and the educational system of America. <laughs> Phone companies, too. Phone companies. Phone company. Until next time, ciao. Here's a wish.